0: In the Mountain West, we take the lead. We show heart and grit and have the vision to be leaders in everything we do. We don't wait for opportunities. We create our own. Today is our day, and we will take the lead.
1: Hey, everyone. Great to have you with us for another edition of Taking the Lead. Today's episode features San Jose State head coach Tina Estrada. Last season, Estrada led the Spartans to the Mountain West regular season title, tournament title, and an appearance in the NCAA tournament. She was named head coach in April of 2022 after serving as the associate head coach for the 2020 and 2021 seasons and was also the assistant coach for the two years prior. Well, let's welcome in San Jose state women's soccer head coach, Tina Estrada coach. It is so great to see you. I appreciate you making time for taking the lead today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, last season was a great one for the Spartans, a mountain West regular season title, the mountain West tournament title and an NCAA tournament appearance when spring season and preseason rolled around. How did you see that fuel this group maybe in a different way coming into this season?
0: Yeah, you know, it's obviously you have a little bit more momentum when you experience a successful season. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it could go in the in the opposite direction sometimes. So, um, I mean, right after the season, we we had a great time celebrating. But right when they got back in spring, uh, the message was like, you can't be complacent. You know, just because we had one great season um, doesn't mean that you know we're going to have it again. So it takes a lot more to repeat success. So That was uh, trying. That was my big message um, in the spring. And they worked hard. They worked hard in the spring, Um, you know, tried to be a little bit better on the ball um, and uh, and get get uh, build our strength. I don't think we were very strong um, physically. So a lot of our returners improved in that in that department. So, um, yeah, but it really was uh, really was trying to keep them grounded. Keep them grounded and keep them hungry. (laughs)
1: Well, we'll touch on the newcomers here in a moment, but the core of last year's championship team is pretty much still intact. How exciting is it to see um, those players and how they've evolved from last year to this year? Can you shed some light on some of the
0: players uh, that you've enjoyed watching this fall? Gosh, Yeah, there's just so much maturity, so much maturity with this group. Like Like you said, yeah, we returned most of our team. Um, which is great. We unfortunately have had some um, some injuries though to some of those veterans that um, are, you know will be missing this year um, but uh, but for the most part we get most of them back. Um, but I've been really proud to see especially our our, our seniors and fifth year leaders that really endured uh, four years of of trying to get to the top again uh, since 2018. Um, players like Sabrina Weinman, who is one of our captains in the midfielder. She's a very good player. and her maturity from year one to this fifth year it has been incredible. Um, just um, I think you know we get as coaches in college, we get eighteen year olds uh, in here. Uh, and then we end with with twenty uh, one year olds, twenty two year olds. and um, there's an emotional maturity that she has gained that's just so invaluable for our team along with some other, um, some other seniors, Keanu Miyazato, we have, um, Evan House, who's a senior, um, will be taking her COVID year next year, but just the emotional maturity that our team has had, I've, I've been really proud of.
1: Yeah. That's always a cool point that coaches will make about the emotional maturity and seeing someone basically evolve into almost a new person in a lot of ways. Oh life. yeah, totally. Just, it's a, it's a cool to hear about. Yeah. Well, I said we'd touch on the newcomers a little bit, so yeah. we'll get to it now. Three transfers and seven freshmen this year for the Spartans. What do we need to know about the Young Guns?
0: Yeah, the Young Guns. The Young Guns have a lot to learn. The young Guns have a lot to learn. I think um, uh, it's going to be in- so valuable for them to have this veteran group that return um, to really show them what it means to work hard, what it means to be together. Um, what's the most important thing with the success of our program? Um, that's going to, that's going to help them in the future so much. Um, you know, so we, we don't have a lot of young players, um, out starting on the field, having a ton of minutes this year. Um, but they will in the future. Um, and you know, we have, we've had three transfers, Keeley Brown from Pittsburgh, um, Tasha Kravitz from Washington, who unfortunately is unavailable this year. She probably, in my opinion, would have would have been uh, the defender of the year, uh, but that's OK. She'll do it next year. Um, and then we have Kennedy Mayo, who transferred from ASU, who um, it, it has been phenomenal. I knew her before she went to ASU and she has this very you know target, strong body, physical body, um, center forward um, uh, attribute that I think we didn't have last year. Uh, and uh, she's fitting in well with the team.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you about Kennedy and when you were looking at the portal, you say you already knew her beforehand. So that always obviously helps with that relationship. But what about her game made you think, whoa, like she could really fill up our final third and do some damage? Yeah, I think, um,
0: well, i she's a local player, so she's from Pleasanton. Um, so I kind of keep track of all the local players, um, in the area that want to come back home. You know, that was a typical example of a good, local player that wanted to go away, um, that wasn't being utilized, um, to, for her strengths. Um, and, uh, you know, she, I think she was in an environment that was a little bit more possession based, which we are too, but, you know, I like a mix of players and she was kind of that mix of players that, that brought over for a visit, um, comes from a great family. She's incredibly team first. Um, so she checked all the boxes to be able to come into this program and, and do well. So I've been proud of her progress since she got here in spring. Um, and you know, she's, she's providing on the field. She's using her physical attributes and, um, really, really, uh, putting a lot of pressure on, uh, defenders that are trying to mark her. So, um, you know, I expect that come conference play and hopefully she just is reminded of those strengths and can use them well.
1: Are you maybe seeing more of that now players that want to get out of their home state or their hometown when they leave high school and then start to kind of get a little homesick and want to come back? Because I was speaking with Kaylee Hagan about that oh, yes, yeah. a couple of days ago about that on the podcast, and she kind of alluded to the same thing with Colorado players leaving and then wanting to come back.
0: Yeah, I think it's just natural for youth to want to go explore, right? They want to uh, keep their options open. Um, and think that there's this grand experience waiting for them outside of where they're from, um, which isn't always the case. Um, so you just kind of have to wait for that, uh, to pass <laughs> and to realize, well, I can, I can really just be closer to home and still have my, my family support and, um, you know, be in a good environment. I guess it
1: comes with that emotional maturity, right? Right. <laughs> emotional maturity,
0: right? And this is, and this is Kennedy's, she, she spent two years away and, um, you know, so she took time, she took time and because she's a very committed player. Um, but you know, she, she decided to look elsewhere, come back.
1: Well, Bella Flochini and Taylor Phillips lead the team in scoring with five and three goals respectively. Both Mm -hmm. have more than they did in total all of last season already. So how exciting is it to see those two evolve into two of the top threats? I would say in the conference, in the final third.
0: Yeah, I think so um, as well. And, you know, this it's been a process with them since they were in here as a freshman and they have a lot of talent that just needed to be nurtured and developed. And um, and we met just yesterday as a team and we went over all the positives of where we're at at the end of our non-conference, which has been better um, than last year um, and the previous years in our non-conference play. So um, and that was a positive. I was like, hey, you know, flow. Taylor, you guys, you, you know, you're checking the boxes. You're in the mix right now before we even start conference. And they weren't in the mix last year. Um, and for Flo especially, uh, you know, this is only her second season. She she got injured her freshman year um, and dislocated her ankle. So she was out her freshman year. So this is, this is just her second year in our conference. And you can already see at the start, um, she's, she's doing well. So I've been really proud of their progress. Um, and you know, Taylor they're, they're both dangerous. Taylor can, Taylor can shoot from anywhere. Um, you know, she has great crosses. She, she's, she's good player, uh, flow. I don't think there's anyone like flow in our conference. Um, you know, she's has the biggest engine that I've seen, honestly, in, in anywhere that I've been coaching at, um, She was top in the beep test, probably in the country. Um, She was Gatorade player of the year in in her senior year, which typically that's only national team players. So we're seeing that. And I think, you know, other coaches are recognizing how much of a threat and she's just hard to keep track of because she just doesn't stop.
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Taylor Taylor. Taylor, we saw her from long range at the Mountain West Tournament yep, last yep. year. She's a super fun player to watch, as is mm-hmm. Flo. Well, I got to mention another one. My girl, Bente Perno. <laughs> she just keeps doing her thing this fall. Yep. The shutout versus Cal Baptist mm-hmm. to cap off the non-conference mark. The 10th of her career now has mm-hmm. 113 career saves. Ninth most by a Spartan keeper. I also just saw one of her saves on Twitter, and I have to say, she quite literally looked like she was flying <laughs> through yeah. the air and like she jumped off a trampoline. Yeah. Her range is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. What has been the most gratifying part of watching her blossom into the keeper that she is over the last two seasons?
0: Yeah, you know, I think Banta, it hasn't always been easy for Banta. If, you know, and I understand her history coming from where, where she was, you know, growing up. And, um, and uh, she had some adversity last year. She had like COVID and there was a lot. And um, she's having some adversity this year, even in her second year. Um, but there's nothing that she can't overcome, in my opinion, um, if she just keeps her head grounded. Um, and, you know, that that save that she made, she had to make that save. She almost got caught near, side <laughs> <laughs> near, near post. And um, an interesting fact about Bantha is she we do, you know, force plates and we do all this testing before our season and, you know, strength of, of, um, different muscles. And she has like the strongest hamstring testing out of anyone on our team, anyone on our team. Wow. This was even last year. I think she had stronger um, hamstring testing than than Jada Wilson, who is like an athletic specimen. Yeah. But it explains why she's so good given her height she's made up for it because she's so explosive she's so explosive and it's so fun to watch you know obviously i don't want her to have to make those saves um as much um but uh it's 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 very gives our team confidence it should give her confidence and know that she can get any any save and make any game saving saves any game
1: yeah. She's electric to watch. Yeah. It's so much fun. Well, another addition, not a newcomer on the field, but a newcomer off the field to your coaching staff, Paige Simono, former yeah. Spartan goalkeeper from 2015 to 2018, helped the team to both the Mountain West championships in 15 and 18. Both of those years also named tournament MVP. How valuable is it to have someone like Paige on the staff who not only has a passion for her alma mater, but now gets the opportunity at her alma mater early on in her coaching career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Paige, the stats speak for itself. You know, she's top in our San Jose State program and um a wonderful role model for that. And I think it's just the time frame is great for all of our keepers. You know, Bantha I know has got most of the of the starts and most of the recognition, but you know, Shayla Sukai Drew Novius, like she's new. They're all great. They're all great goalies and um to have someone like Paige who's done it already here, who cares for her goalkeepers, who can understand the position that they're in Um, because Paige didn't always start. She didn't start her freshman year and she had this stat, even though she didn't start her freshman year. Um, So it's pretty incredible to see her, her growth, her work ethic come now as a coach and be an example for our team. I I love it. I feel very fortunate that she said yes. Um, You know, she was not, coaching. She was coaching club and doing some goalkeeping coaching, but, um, she was working, I think for an insurance company. And I was like, Hey, I need, I need you. I need you to come train the goalkeepers and be a role model and really take care of our program. And that's what I've been so happy. You know, coaches do so much outside of what you actually see. And she takes care of this program like no other. And I'm very, very grateful for her.
1: That's awesome. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about conference play because it starts mm-hmm. this week. It is finally here. You open up finally. the season at home, New Mexico on Thursday and then San yeah. Diego state on Sunday. Yeah. Just what, those easy
0: teams. You know? Yeah.
1: Those easy teams. What is your biggest message to the group when it comes to putting the non-conference slate in the rear view, but still employing some of those lessons and focusing
0: on the ones that you learned during the non-conference slate? Yeah. You know, I think. uh for our team and, in starting conference, our program always gets up for conference. They do That's, you know, that's their, their bread and butter. That's, that's why they're here, um, is to compete in this mountain West wonderfully challenging, uh, conference. And, you know, they're incredibly excited to, to start off, you know, here at home and against, you know, two top teams, two top teams. And, um, the message is like, there's, there's no guarantee just because you won it last year. doesn't mean you're going to win it this year. Like it's, it's anybody's game. And so you have to have good leadership. You have to have good team cohesion. um, You have to have the belief and grind for each other for a full 90 minutes. And I think the difference is, you know, any team, any player has their moment to step up. And uh, we had players do that this year and hopefully we'll carry that momentum into this season. but because of that, could be anybody's year. Could be anybody's year. Our team just has to stay grounded and stick to the game plans and be together and doing it, and uh, have this veteran group really, um, you know, take the reins of the game and be a difference maker.
1: What were the largest steps that you saw this group take during the non-conference
0: slate that get you excited for what they can do during conference play? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I thought we, we, were gen- we generated more goals. Um, you know, we, we honestly, like last year, we didn't score that many goals. We scored um, the goals that were needed, which is probably more of my philosophy. I'd rather <laughs> have uh, quality over quantity, just sailing high and, you know, Um, trying to get shot, shot, shots. Um, I'd rather uh, them pick, pick the right shot. Um, And, but we're, we produce more goals, this, this conference, this non-conference. And so, you know, they understand that and have momentum from that and, and hopefully can carry that into, into this, into this conference play. And then just leadership, leadership, you know, our team, all, they all got together um, um, as a group and, and, do they do some things in their own way. I, I'm not there. I'm not involved with it. This is their team. and they came together this past weekend um, and did something which um, is important to get all on the same page before you start conference. so i'm I'm excited to see our leadership this this conference too.
1: Absolutely. Well, you've now been with San Jose State women's soccer for a number of years. You know Mm -hmm. what it's like when it comes to conference play in the Mountain West. Now putting it close to the non-conference season and seeing what other teams were able to do during that period. What do you anticipate this season has in store for us Mountain
0: West soccer fans? Oh, grind. I think excitement. I think it's going to be exciting. You know, mm-hmm. there are new new coaches, a lot of really good coaches in this conference, a lot of new players, new transfers, um, and, uh, and you know, you're going to see a lot of excitement, I think. I think the soccer is getting better um, and uh, more pleased and um so it's it's you're gonna have upsets you're gonna have um really tight games it's just gonna be a grind and a battle every single game that's that's what I think Uh, you know I've been here for seven years and I feel like many years ago there was gaps between programs Mm -hmm. and I just feel like the gap is really really close closing and um anybody's game this year
1: no easy match, no easy matchup in the Mountain West. No that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, the yeah. final third yeah. has arrived, Coach. Do you think you have what it takes uh, for us?
0: I guess I don't have a choice. So yeah, yes. you really don't. So let's get
1: to it. <laughs> All right, okay. best best food spot that's a must visit in San Jose. Mm. I
0: can only pick one.
1: If you We're in have the Bay
0: area, man, this <laughs> is my. <laughs> I have so many. I'm a huge booty, like a okay. huge one. So, um, okay. Is this just in San Jose? Yes. Or is it in, like, the Bay Area? Well, I'll do San Jose. We'll, I'll do San we'll Jose. Do, let's go. Yeah, away. let's go around San Jose. Okay. Um, it's a toss between – there's a Mexican place called Luna's Kitchen um, that – is not like your ordinary, like authentic one. It's, it's pretty authentic, but it's a little more upscale. That is, is class. There's two locations and it's, it's one of my favorites, um, Luna's kitchen. Um, but there's also a small plate, um, place called orchard city kitchen, um, that just, I mean, Every single small plate you can order, it's phenomenal. So you, you just that, need to those like are my two top two.
1: Yeah, you just need to start like a thread on Twitter of all like the best places to visit in oh. Tina's Tina spots all throughout San Jose hey, the Bay Area. You know
0: what? I'll put that out. Like all the head coaches that come here with the team and like they want to find places, like just text me. Like you'll thank me later. Good, awesome. All right, this is the
1: the question I've had in my back pocket that I've been waiting to ask. At Boston College at the start of the season, you had an incredible performance on the field. It involved the song Firework by Katy Perry and a rain jacket. So, so first, what was the inspiration behind that
0: video? Uh, the inspiration. Okay, here is the inspiration from that video. Um, one of my favorite teens that I was fortunate enough to coach was at DePaul university in Chicago and it's an incredible team, incredible leadership. And, um, they pranked us as a staff and we we're like trying to get them ready to warm up and they weren't listening to us. I'm like, what is going on? And then they like the speakers went on and they did just like a flash mob, like a dance, <laughs> I'm like what is happening? And they did it to Katy Perry fireworks. So every time, um, I there's a phrase in that song it's like um do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind every time every time I see plastic bag I just think of that song so I had my poncho and it was plastic and I thought that was um you know needed in that moment
1: yeah I had to shed some light on that one so going with the theme here's the question um what is your favorite Katy Perry song
0: Oh, well, obviously it has to be one. that one, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that one. It's that one for sure, even though she has a lot of others, but it's definitely that one.
1: Okay. Okay. What is your juggling record
0: with a soccer ball? Juggling record. I mean, gosh, I don't remember. I don't play anymore. I'm like four certain knee surgeries in, in okay. my life. So definitely don't <laughs> juggle but i used to have a lot i mean okay. like hundreds um well into the far hundreds when i was younger that used to be like my jam i would put on my it was like 10 put on my headphones go in my backyard and just juggle like no other so it was a lot but i honestly i can't recall it's I'm a good way tired.
1: to it's a good way to pass time
0: <laughs> if <is>. anything <laughs> it is our team does that a lot before we start practices so sometimes i'll go in there and and hit a few, but no, I, I can't last past like 20 now.
1: Knees can't take it any longer. <laughs> can't take it. Can't take it.
0: So, yeah.
1: What is your binge worthy go-to TV
0: show? Mm. Mm. That's a good one. Uh, well I have my, my favorites. Okay. Stranger things. Oh, Stranger things is definitely, uh, one of my favorite, uh, shows ever. So I'm a huge Stranger Things um, show. Um, I'm also uh, a big fan of Black Mirror. Um, Okay. So uh, yeah, kind of more the darker shows. Yeah, I I,
1: honestly i've I have heard of both, but I have
0: not watched both. So well, the cinematography in both of them, the writing, everything about it. I had like a masters in video production, and I just have a different perspective on the shows, and so those two. Those two are, are by far my favorite. Okay. Yeah.
1: Last one for you. How would you describe yourself with one
0: emoji? One emoji? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is hard. Um, what are the emojis? Oh, you know what? Uh, I use this one a lot. Okay. The, the, like the, the I, don't know, like, I don't know,
1: confused. I don't know.
0: I'll joke about something and I'm like, I don't know. Is that a joke? Is it not? Um, and then I'm also just kind of like all over the place sometimes. And I really don't know, <laughs> you know, the plan with some things, especially with my family. I'm like, I don't know. What's like, the plan? I don't know. What are we doing tomorrow? That, hmm, not sure.
1: That sums it up. The shrugging emoji. Amazing. Well, coach, thank you so much. That's a wrap on the final third portion. Thank you so much for joining me today on taking the lead. Good luck as you kick off conference play. And it was great to see you. Thanks so much. Good seeing you too. That's San Jose State women's soccer head coach, Tina Estrada. The 2023 Mountain West women's soccer season is in full swing, and now it's time for conference action. To watch matches this fall, check out the MW.com or download the Mountain West app, available on Apple and Android devices. Join us next week for more episodes of Taking the Lead, available on Apple, Spotify, and also on the SiriusXM app.